Good evening and a warm welcome to Joy 99.7 FM and to tonight's penultimate edition of Springboard Virtual University for the year 2019. It's exactly nine days more to the end of this beautiful year and this is the platform where your personal values are enriched on a weekly basis. Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your superstition Joy 99.7 FM. The broadcast is made possible by the kind Kessie of MTN Ghana's number one network, Echo Bank, the Pan-African Bank. And our print media partner, The Graphic Business. On Tuesday, go to page 18 of The Graphic Business for a full transcript of tonight's discussion. Thank you for joining us on JFM and also on Facebook. My name is Albert Okran, and on behalf of the Virtual Academic Board, chaired by Comfort, with support from Matthew, Priscilla, Amos, Emmanuel, and Jojo, I welcome you to Leaders Digest. And this is the platform where we bring on change makers, especially corporate CEOs, and find out about their vision, their values, their choices, and most importantly, their learnings along the journey. My guest for tonight, a man I have waited for years to interview, Al Hassan Andani, CEO of Stan Big Bank. Andani, welcome to Springboard. Thank you very much. It's so good to see you. Thank you, Albert. So... Tonight, we'll be shortly unpacking the issues with my guest. And the big question for today, they say the quality of your thinking determines the quality of your choices. And the quality of your choices determines the quality of your life. So how are you thinking? What are the predominant thoughts that govern your life? Send your thoughts by WhatsApp on 024 What do you think about most of the time? Is it about the problems you have or the opportunities that confront you or the strategies that you have for taking advantage of the opportunities of life? Talking about strategy, many of the big stories we admire today are a result of strategies crafted yesterday and perfectly executed. Some argue that strategy is needless. All you need is intuition to make the right decisions at the right time. But in our data screen segment, Comfort will show you why you are so wrong if that's how you think and you don't want to miss that one. And there must also be a fit between the strategy and the terrain. And Jojo is back and he will tell us in our Game Changer segment why a Formula One car in the Agoboloshi Christmas traffic is useless compared to an Okada or even an Abuboya. Stay tuned for the Game Changer segment with Jojo and you will find out why um, an Okada may have an advantage sometimes over a Formula One car. But congratulations to her leadership, the Chief Justice or the immediate past Chief Justice of Fire, Abna Buafua Akufu. You celebrated her 70th birthday on Friday and retired with distinction from the very high office of Chief Justice of this Republic. This show is entirely dedicated to you and may the Lord continue to guide you on your journey in the years ahead. We celebrate you, Madam, and look forward to your post-retirement life and what you have to offer this great nation. Let's start with our quote for today and go to Comfort. Comfort, what do you have for us for today for our quote? Well, Robert Felix says, strategy without process is a little more than a wish list. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> and then it's strategy. absolutely. Give it to us again. Strategy without process is a little more than a wish list. Absolutely. So, so who is Felix and, and why, is, why is he condemning strategy without, without process? Well, he is a management consultant who has worked at the very highest level. And having done that so many years, his argument is simple. If you have 
the best strategy and you don't have a process to execute that strategy that you have laid out. You just have nothing but just, you know, wishes. And as they say, if wishes were horses, beggars would be riding. I'm going to ask my guest very shortly why Robert Fillick would would make such an audacious statement. He says it's just like wishful thinking. You've done nothing. And this is a person who was a specialist in complex transactions. So you have to believe him. All right, so today we want to break down the values, the thoughts, the principles, the learnings of one of the most respected CEOs in this country. And the reason why we love Leaders Digest is that we get to spend one hour learning or gleaning learnings that were learned the hard way over over decades sometimes. And so this is an hour you just don't want to miss. And Danny, once again, welcome to Springboard. Thank you very much. Where do we start from? This is a story that I've been yearning to break <laughs> down. But let's start from what makes you happy as a person? Um, touching people's lives. Right. Touching people's lives, making a difference in people's life on a daily basis. That makes me really happy. I can tell from the smile on your face, but some have argued that 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 altruistic, that that desire to make people have happy may conflict with the profit motive of business. Can one can one work diligently to make a profit and at the same time passionately touch the lives of people? Indeed, when you touch people's lives in the very best way you can, that's how profits are generated. It's not the other way around. Mm. When you make people feel they are part of a journey to our, our quote of the day, or you make them feel they are part of the process, the journey where the strategy is taking you to an end. They do this with, with passion. They do it as like owners, and, and profit is guaranteed. It's, it's not the other way around. Something about your story makes, makes people gravitate towards you very easily. Is it the background that you have? Is it having come from where you came from. Do you know, I mean, we've done a lot of research building up to this, and there seems to be a feeling that people see you as somebody they can relate to, down to earth, somebody who's who's part of them. Do you find that people relate to you that way because of your background? Uh, Yes, I must say. I've walked the tough roads in Ghana. I mean, the tough roads that any Ghanaian youth can imagine he's walked. I have walked it. Give us, I give have, us, um, unpack that a bit for us. Yeah, so I have, I have, um, I was born in a village. I've walked naked, um, probably up to age of six or seven. I have uh, been lightly clothed to go through primary school without sleepers. I have been, and I wrote commentaries, walking around without sleepers. I did all the domestic chores. Give me, you give, know, me, give, me, give mean, me context, so, the village. Let's go so the village is somewhere in, in uh, call it about 10 kilometers away, 6 kilometers from Tamale. That's about that's seven, where my 700 kilometers from Accra. Exactly. Wow. And that is where my father was a chief. And, right. and that's where I was born. And um, as I said, so so anything that a village boy would do, I did. I went to fetch water from the riverside. I, I We had horses and I participated in looking after the horses. We walked to school. And as I said, really, you know, just about any domestic chore that any young boy my age you know then could do i was doing it and i've transitioned that i've transitioned that into secondary school and and as i said even if you say you're a privileged kid i've I've also journeyed the road of those privileged kids i I, by the time i was in secondary school i was living with my elder brother at cantonments in the 80s and our house was probably one of the the few houses in 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 the whole cantonments that had a color television 
So, so I've, I've, I've gone through that the as well. The people queue to watch television <laughs> through the windows. People queue to watch television. And, and then we also had what we call the Betamax. Betamax, right. uh, that, those days, that was a video deck. Right. Yeah, so, and our house was one of the few uh, places where you could come. And the neighborhood kids used to, you know, be really nice to us. So they could come and watch, uh, you know, their latest movies on Betamax before VHS came up. You know, and now you will literally watch uh, uh, movies on your on your handheld device. So basically, the, every journey, I mean, the, 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 the journey that any Ghanaian youth can say he's traveling on, I have been through that. Do I've you sold fruits. I've sold fruits, uh, wild fruits gathered from the bush, you know, just so that we can get uh, a breakfast in the morning before we go to school. You know, so, so, so that is it. That the upbringing... And, and also, most importantly, uh, Albert, is, is I have a very deep faith. I, I, I meditate daily on the purpose of God for me. I do. Let me find out. Would you say that being having seen the best and yeah. the worst makes you more grounded? Absolutely. I would agree with that. Yes. Do you think that it, it should be part of the journey of everyone aspiring to lead at the highest level to have had to also go down to the lowest level and then also have had to experience the other end to be able to understand both sides of the spectrum? Yes, but in a balanced way. In a balanced way in the sense that all the things that I went through growing up was, was just the nature of the circumstances of my parents. Uh, but in terms of building leadership, and we have to do it in a balanced way that leaders must be taken through from the early ages to go through the process of what it really means to be able to move people from difficulties, to be able to provide solutions. You have to be able to conceptualize it. You have to, to some extent, leave it so that you can actually be practical around the solutions that you are putting through. Because sometimes most of the leaders these days will try to solve problems that they've never lived. They've never really even experienced it. They probably read it in the textbook. Mm -hmm. So your solution at best is very paper-based, you know, and, and we have to find a way. And I have an admiration for military people, you know. So if you go into a military, they give you that balance. Mm -hmm. They actually take you through a very rough patch where you got to survive and then take you through all the processes on the thinking processes and then if you're lucky to get into officer ranks then you think strategy and how to you know take that whole journey of you know identify a difficult uh, situation defining that situation how do i get over it how do i deploy resources and and have an eye to the end optimizing your resources and minimizing risk and all of that. So we just have to make sure that leaders go through a very practical way of understanding their context, what the difficulties in those con in the context is and what solutions they are actually trying to build. Mm -hmm. Unlike the kind of uh, leaders we have these days who try, you know, to, to fashion out uh, what the solutions for problems they've never lived, right. the problem never really seen, they've just imagined it. <laughs> would you, on the lighter side, would you recommend uh, military training as na a compulsory national service drafting? Would you recommend it for our country? Yeah. I, I don't think, yeah, but you know, it, what I'm saying is a balance. So for me, whether we call it military training or not, whichever, wherever we start to uh, build that leadership journey, our leaders must be taken through a reality check of who they are as human beings. What really confronts people, you know, when they're in difficulty and take them through the journey to when they actually 
actually have the privilege to try to provide solutions to those problems, controlling vast resources. Whether you call it military training or not, may but it's, it's, you know, we choose to call it military, but they have a way of calling it. It's an educational system. So if it is that educational system that we try to reenact in, 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 in an environment that we don't call military, uh, but whatever it is, people must feel the pain of suffering. People must feel the pain of hunger. People must feel the pain of test. People must feel, you know, hurt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people, you know, and I'm sure even if we look at the very well-preserved families in this world, take the, the mm -hmm. British royal family, all those young boys who are now princes went through military training. Right. They went through, you know, hardship in order to emerge at the other end. So you become a holistic leader. You can't be a holistic leader living in some, you know, you know all, these, all these global leaders have a reality balance. I'm going to be exploring the issue of process. You, you reacted when we give the quote of the day from Robert Fillick about the fact that strategy without process is just wishful thinking. We're going to come to that, but let me come to your person. What are the things, what, are, what would you call the three biggest principles or values of your life? What, what do you hold dear as a person? The number one thing I hold dear as a person is self-worth. Right. Mm -hmm. I believe that God created me mm -hmm. distinct, mm -hmm inspired imbued with certain unique qualities that if i'm not around somebody will say this person is not around and, and i i guide that with jealousy i i just want to believe in myself that self-worth that i can make a difference you know I, that i matter is is very very important for me wow that's powerful give us number two number two is you know, I try to think from first principles. I always try to think from first principles, and that's where my, my faith comes in. If it were me, how would I want it done to me, said to me, or influenced? I think from first principles. I go to the nothingness of everybody and try to take a journey, you know, to understand the context in which I find myself. I'm going to explore all these three, but let's go to your third, the third value that you hold dear. The first one is self-worth. The second one is to start from first principles. What would be the third one? The third one for me is execute. Get things done. Little successes keep, gives you uh, the energy to want to get to bigger things. Just get things done. So you don't wait to don't wait to have uh, eight over eight to say you are doing well. Two over ten is good to start with. Just get going and keep constantly improving. Let's break these three down. Let's start from a sense of self-worth. You recently, you recently were, were won an award for for the corporate governance, um, the personality of the year, um, um, and we all were excited about it, watching the uh, event and, and and seeing you receive uh, recognition. But it's a, it's a journey you must have traveled. Absolutely. And in, in traveling that journey, you look back at yourself, where you've come from, what you've built along along the way. 
how important is believing in yourself? What you call self, a sense of self-worth? Because for many people, it would seem that they look at other people and say, I wish I was like this person, or I wish I had what this person has. Some look at the, the story of the dog that was crossing the river and saw another dog in the river with a, what seemed like a bigger bone and said, I, I want that bone, jumped in it, and, and then lost the one that he had. How important is it for, for, for a person to just believe in what God has given you? And not, not envy what other people have. Yeah, because I find success in everything. I find success in sports. I find success in entertainment. I find success in education. I find success in medicine. I find success in literally every human vocation. If you are the best furniture maker, the whole world would hear about you. So your self-worth is, is in a context of a very, very large fear of achievements. So there's nobody so, who's disadvantaged? No, nobody's disadvantaged. Nobody's disadvantaged. Some will say their, their problems are crying out so loud. The problems are crying out so loud, Albert, that we're wishing, we're leaving out the egos. That's why we don't make it. But as I said, there's success across every sphere of life. Even if we take sports, you can probably break sports into 300 disciplines. The best swimmer in the world is not the best basketball star in the world. And they're all celebrated. The best... Uh, electrical engineer is not the best aeronautic engineer and they are all celebrated. The best uh, physician is not the best surgeon and they are all celebrated. So if we t literally take up any profession, the best DJ you know, in say music is not the best DJ in this kind of program you are presenting. So choose any sphere of life and you will have a very wide spread of it for, for you to distinguish yourself and be celebrated. So, so why do you want to gravitate towards something that you're not? So would it mean that the, the key, the starting point is finding your place? Find your place. Would find you call that the first principle? That's the first principle. Right. So let's go to place. number two, the first principle. Yeah. Find your place. Find your place. Right. Find your place and blaze it like, like there's no tomorrow. Find your place, blaze it like there's no tomorrow. What do you mean by the nothingness of everything? It's a very nice phrase. What does it mean? Well, the nothingness of everything, whatever you think you have achieved, at the end of the day, when you've come to your life's journey, the thing that takes over makes what you have achieved like child's play. That's how God has structured these things. I would say that even if you look at the average middle-aged, middle-income person now, he's probably living a better life than the Roman emperors. Hmm. Who had everything? Who, in quote, had everything? So, contextualizing the nothingness of everything is you strive to be the very best you can. When you come to the end of your journey, you know, and God gives you life and you see people who've taken over from you, by the time you're probably living the world, you realize that what you've achieved, you know, just pales into insignificance. Mm -hmm. Talking about that, I, I, was, I was trying to get a name of the name of your village for a very peculiar reason. Yes, found them. Bamvim. Bamvim. Yes. So you grew up in Bamvim. If I went back to the very first five years, walking about naked, yes. barefooted, yes. taking common trans barefooted. Yes. But I'm told that you are now a traditional ruler in Bamvim. Absolutely. Uh, yes, I'm now a traditional ruler in, in the, in the, the Paramount in the Bagbong traditional area. Wow. Yes. Do you find yourself sometimes contrasting the beginnings and your current reality? It, it's it's uh, this chapter uh, has brought me back to really appreciate because I've gone back to look at a traditional area where kids like me 
when I was there, they're actually walking around naked. Right. They're actually trying to make a living. And I've seen households trying to, as it were, just keep some household income that puts food on the table, health, all the difficulties. Things haven't changed dramatically. And it's familiar to you. It's very familiar to me. Let, let me let me take this very personal. Yesterday, I posted on Facebook a picture of a young man, a, a small boy, drinking water from a, a dirty river. Yeah. And I I posted a caption that said, "If I am ever ungrateful to you, God, forgive me." And I posted it not to look at the the difficulty of the young man's circumstances, but to remind myself that it could have been me. Yes. Because 37 years ago, I spent some time in the rural area, and I looked at the water we were drinking then, and it was just like the water the guy was drinking. Yeah. So I was posting it not to look at, look at the young man's circumstances, yeah. but reminding myself that, yeah. look at how, where God has taken Absolutely. me from and where I am today. Yeah. Yeah. So so when you sit, when you have your traditional festivals and so when you sit in yeah. the, this is Queen's Day, Well, you sit in something you know, similar to a similar. Family. You don't sit on but, people, but, but with all the pomp, <laughs> the pomp and the pageantry. Absolutely. Do you find your mind sometimes going back to the beginnings and, and, and the barefoot? Yes. In fact, when I sit in those, my I meditate. I actually have a way of giving the power all back to God, so wow. I can be real. You know, and and going back to that example of the water. And I've, I've gone through that, and mm-hmm. I use that as part of my life lessons. Mm-hmm. I always say that life is like fetching a bucket of water from the river. Mm-hmm. The guy who fetches it, mm-hmm. some people, when you fetch it, mm-hmm. it, you have got leaves and debris on it. Mm-hmm. The best they can do is to take over the leaves and the debris. It's good enough for them to drink. Mm-hmm. That water is perfect. All he does is take away the leaves and the debris. So the first drinker, Things that and he quenches his test. The other person actually leaves the water to settle, and the solids get to the ground. I mean, they settle to the bottom. Mm-hmm. The water is still slightly, you know, less muddy, mm-hmm. and the third, second person drinks. He's still quenching his test. Yeah. Then somebody has a time to sieve the water, so the little, you particles. know, particles that are still not settled will get filtered, mm-hmm. and you drink. That's another privilege in life. Then somebody, but if you still look at the water under a microscope, you see all sorts of microorganisms running around. Some still, yeah, some still have the privilege of boiling that and then filtering it and drinking. So you see how that water and, and the thought of just going through it influences my views of life. So imagine what the person who just took away the leaves, what he drank. Yeah. He drank in some uh, particles, he drank in microbes. The guy who managed to settle those particles, and even maybe some solids. The guy who was patient enough for the uh, solids to go to the bottom is drinking what looks like clearer water, but he's drinking a lot of microorganisms because he hasn't had the privilege of you know, knowing scientifically that there are all sorts of things in there. Then you now then go to a process where it is filtered and, and uh, they put also bleaches in there to kill everybody, and then you drink it pure with. And in fact, some of you privileged even still have uh, scientists saying that that water is lacking you some minerals. And then they introduce some minerals for you to drink. So that's, that's for me the entire journey of life, which, which I kind of focus my attention. 27 minutes past the hour of 7 o'clock. If you just joined us, the reason why everyone is craning their necks in the outer studio and everyone is, is, is trying hard to listen to what, what is going on on Springboard is because Al-Hassan and Danny, CEO of Tambig, is not talking about balance sheets, not talking about profits tonight. He's talking about a journey of leadership. How you start from nothing and build yourself all the way step by step in life. 
it is very, very interesting what we are learning tonight. The three values that undergird his life. He talked about self-worth, that you must believe in yourself, believe that you matter, and you can make a difference because God created you distinctly and imbued you with peculiar values. He says... It is very important to start from first principles. Don't get carried away by high and lofty ideals. Start from the basics that when all is said and done, listen, you will go back with nothing. You just are somebody God has blessed. So think about the nothingness of everything. And in doing that, he has taken us all the way back to the traditional area where he started working barefooted and now is a part of the paramount sea, the traditional leadership. The third value we wanted to explore is the value of execution, getting things done. This may take us to the corporate boardroom, but we'll start from the personal side. What kind of decisions and choices have helped you to get things done, Andani? What kinds of choices? Just point us to areas in your life that may not have been dramatic, but you look back at them now and you're like, that, those were useful decisions I made that helped me become who I am today. I think that's very interesting. And choices, sometimes you want to wait for everything to be perfect before you make a choice. At any point in time, you are required to make a decision. The, the entire parameter set is full. Do it. Don't, don't say that I'm waiting for something else to be added. Because then you are, you are making a different decision. Right. So, for example, going to school. Uh, and, and some of the choices, um, some of my brothers felt, look, you know, it's just too difficult. And, and they stopped. Did life get better for them? It got worse. So you, you did Tamale Secondary School? Yes, yeah, so I did Ghana, Ghana Secondary School. Sorry, Ghana Secondary is, School. Which is uh, Form 1 to Form 5. Right. Then I did Tamale Secondary School, which is the sixth form piece, right. which is uh, lower six and upper six, and then to University of Ghana. Right. And, and for me, those things where you, you, you didn't have to make those the choices to, to, to make the best out of every moment because all everything was perfect. No. Whatever imperfect situation or in your mind, whatever the imperfect set, imperfect set of circumstances are, that is the perfect set if you want to make a decision. So make decisions about your, just keep moving. I just say, I just when did say, banking come into the mix? I mean, I'm just curious. So banking came into the mix literally in my last year of the university. Right. Mm. Before that, so, what, before that was it? Oh, before that, um, you know, every, I mean, I did physics, math, chemistry, and you know, we all dreamed being doctors. And but I kind of found myself in in, in agriculture and in the cultural economics class. We we went through a module called development finance, and development finance really grabbed my attention. For me, that was economics of of moving resources into wealth. It was economics of uh, changing lives, you know, uh, building societies, building programs, having a coordinated development philosophy. Right. That was really what, you know, is, that, that was what, what triggered banking in me. Right. Literally the last economic module in school. And I said, I would, I would, I would go into financial services. And then I did my national service as SSB, right. which was a development finance bank at the time. Uh, and, and served under really, really, really great leaders, you know, who and a very fantastic learning environment in SSB those days that really for me sparked banking. Great. So from SSB? So from SSB, um, I, I, you know, SSB gave me opportunities. I had the Ghana government, Italian government scholarship to go and do a master's in banking and finance and then got back 
wanted some challenge, you know, it's a state institution, so uh, it wasn't coming. So I leapfrogged myself into Standard Chartered Bank, mm-hmm. where I, I went into corporate banking. Right. And, and Standard Chartered, I always say that Standard SSB really, really trained me, and uh, Standard Chartered put me to work. Right. So Standard Chartered deployed me as a relationship manager, and, and, and um, we did a lot of work for Standard Bank. And then from Standard Bank, from Standard Chartered, where they put me to work, uh, Barclays then put me to lead. <laughs> Barclays put me to lead uh, because I joined Barclays as the executive director for corporate banking and uh, my colleagues are all out there. They will attest that I actually led that team. That's why I met you. And, and yes, and then we built what I would call the most formidable uh, corporate banking uh, team in Ghana at the time. And, and really, Standard Bank uh, just took me to build because by the time I got in the you know, I'd learned from SSB, I'd worked very hard in Standard Chartered Bank, I'd led in Barclays. So for me, all of that came together to help to build uh, Stambic Bank. SSB trained me, Stanchart put me to work, Barclays put me to lead, and then Stanbic, or as it were, Standard Bank, as you call it, uh, on, on the on the African front, yeah. they put you to build. Yeah. Beautiful story. That alone could be a title of a book. Absolutely. That's <laughs> my story. Have you thought about writing? Uh, yes, I have. <laughs> you, should, you should make it happen. Yeah. I mean, SSB, I remember, you know, we, I used to be in the project finance uh, division, and there was a book called Paul Gittinger, you know, uh, and, and I think I read Paul Gittinger like four times. What about it fascinated you? Paul Gittinger's book on uh, what was all about project uh, uh, project analysis, you know, how you can take an idea, con- I mean, an idea, conceptualize the idea, you know, take it through a planning process to uh, to how to build a project, how to do all, the, I mean, go through that whole uh, project life cycle and, and whether you're doing market analysis, whether you're doing financial analysis, and, and that book was just... Phenomenal. That must be the reason why you you, you, are, you are so hung up on process, yes. the process of execution, yeah. and any feature that's number three on your list of yes. values. Yes. How big is execution? Execution execution is everything. Right. And you cannot execute that process. And you know, if for most organisations, execution happens at multiple fronts, and that is why the the quote of the day is, is so apt. You have a big strategy. That strategy it would, would, would break down to workflows. That all must be coordinated coming to the, uh, the, the, the key goal. And that work or the work processes required to come to the key goal uh, have to be, to be coordinated. So, so I think that's where uh, the, the, the process is, is absolutely important. It is 26 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. If you just joined us, this is the Leaders Digest on Springboard of Virtual University. My guest, Al Hassan and Danny, CEO of Stan Big Bank, helping us to understand the beginnings of his journey, the learnings of the journey, the values that he holds dear. And he says, my friend, when all is said and done, believe in the, the nothingness of everything and everyone. Those are the first principles. And he says execution there, it is everything. It is the bedrock. No matter how big we talk, what we do, that is what matters. And at the foundation of everything is a sense of self-worth that God made you a unique person. And never forget that one. When you come back, I'm going to tell you about how these thoughts have helped him move the bank he runs from a very small entity 
to what it is today and the the process of that journey the nuances of that journey the learnings of it and maybe you are building a small business and you're also struggling along the way thinking did i make a wrong choice you find out that listen what you are going through here it is normal everyone else went through and you will be fine so springboard is brought to you by legacy and legacy and your superstation joy 99.7 fm proudly sponsored by mtn danis number one network and echo bank the pan african bank with support from the graphic business are you a trader or a merchant looking to grow your business then now is the time to grow faster and go further with EcoBank's Digi Banking Park. The EcoBank Digi Banking Park is designed specially with the growth of your business in mind. Our benefits include zero opening balance, no monthly service charges, automatic access to EcoBank's payments and collection solutions, a loan of up to 200,000, and much more. The EcoBank Digi Banking Park also comes with capacity building and financial literacy programs to empower you to grow your business. To find out more about how to grow fast, faster and go further with a bank that understands your business, visit the nearest Ecobank branch, call toll-free on 3225 or contact us on digipackgate at ecobank.com. Ecobank mobile app is a CIMG product of the year 2018. Ecobank two times CIMG Hall of Fame bank. Ecobank, the first and the only national accredited entity to the Green Climate Fund in Ghana, and Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. Let me find you the song Oh Holy Night, mm. my favorite Christmas carol. Do you like Oh Holy Night? Absolutely. Is it your favorite? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Charlie, I'll play you Oh Holy Night. But before that, let me dedicate this one to the man I call the governor. Once a governor, always a governor. This is Dr. J.S. Abbey. You celebrated a birthday on Wednesday, and I know your son, as for you, Without field, yourself and your wife Evelyn are regular listeners to the Springboard Virtual University, and I know you are listening tonight. Enjoy this one, Governor J.S. Adu, um, former Governor of the Bank of Ghana and also founder of Prudential Bank. Let me dedicate this song as well to my brother Larry Lawrence Sisu, and also um, your your brother George. God did something very special in your lives and that of your family today. And today we celebrate the deliverance of the Lord with you. God is good. So enjoy that one. Good evening, Kobe Asma. You said you tell Andani that you start writing his book and you will print it for him. <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> you are getting sponsorship on the show. And then you must write that book. We will, we will support the book. You must write it. You have to write the book. Thank you. All right. So, so who, do you, who do you dedicate the song to? Oh, um, so I have a very interesting family. My, my, the, probably half of my family are more Christians. Right. So for Auntie Maggie, for Dorothy, for, uh, and, uh, for my, um, uh, for Auntie Pat and, and all of my, the Christian part of my family. Uh, she enjoy her holy night. Right. Wonderful. All right. So. Um, Shaibu Eshal says, so inspirational. Now, Al Hassan and Danny, you are indeed an inspiration to the youth of Dagbong. Allah bless your life. Adam Smith says, enjoying the show. Salim Karim says, I'm watching live from Tamale, wherever you are watching from all over the world. This is Christmas. Enjoy the song, Oh Holy Night. Please don't go away.
Song goes to my account balance, paid AMA school fees, and sent money to my grandma at Walwale. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Masa, just download the Ecobank mobile app from the Google Play Store or the App Store or dial star 770 hash and be your own bank manager. Manager, manager. Whether to pay bills or fees, to check account statements, send money across Ghana, abroad, and more, Ecobank mobile app has got it covered. Ecobank mobile, making everyday people live everyday lives the Ecobank way. Ecobank. Deep an African bank. Simple. If you say MTN Mumu, it can feel like very simple. This trip would be a percent Top up your airtime with your MTN Mumu wallet. A one a breakthrough repair. Enjoy 200% bonus on any amount you recharge with your MTN Mumu. How much? Three times your recharge money. <laughs> you can't believe it, my boy. Dial star 170 hash to top up your credit and feel the 200% extension. For what? Now you're trying calculation the reality. No. Ghana CDs we are here. Two hundred percent. Some top five Ghana. We are here. Two hundred percent. Some top twenty Ghana. We are here. Two hundred percent. Two hundred percent bonus. Look. You feel our Ghana's best network. Dial star one seven zero hash. Now go option seven. Now back home. Now you claim you two hundred percent bonus. No. Just momo it. We there for you everywhere you go. <laughs> Terms and conditions apply. Merry Christmas to you, Justice Sophia Abnabwafu Ekufu, Lawrence and George Cecil. This is for you, and of course to Governor GS Ado. Let me say good evening to Solomon Dadigo, CEO of MTN, of course, Noel Kujengansen, and of course the entire squad at MTN, Gina, and all the big folks at MTN. Thank you so much for your support. Let's say a big thank you to Ecobank and for the entire team at Ecobank standing with us throughout the year. We appreciate your kindness 
to us and your support for this program. This is Springboard, your virtual university, and this is a discussion with Al Hassan and Danny trying to break down the values of his life, the journey of his life, the learnings of his life. And let's find out very shortly has he made a mistake before? Try some people think that the car that you drive is the problem with the car you Is that all that there is to the life of a CEO? Let me find out from somebody who will know the engine room life of Al Danny. And some of the tough choices that he has to make. His colleague, the CEO of Stanley. Alex, good evening. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Hello, good evening. Good evening. I can hear you. I lost Alex on the line. So, this. Um, just to bring context um, I, 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 Andani, to the fact that when when you typically are introducing the CEO and you talk about and he's a CEO of this and he won an award as this and he's this and that and that, it sometimes is very, very nice. Especially when you arrive in your nice car. Charlie, it's nice. <laughs> but it is important as part of the process that you help people to understand those hours. I went to um, Nigeria some time ago. We took Springboard to Nigeria and while we were there, we decided to look, look out for um, our friend Ike um, Ike Wiji, Ike, yes, the founder of Access Bank, and we called him all day, Ike Wumpik. Then we, then, in the middle of the night, he responded, and we're like, ah, why, why are, you talk, are you not asleep? He says, you call me later, he's in board meeting. I said, ah, but it's 11.30, he says, oh, we started at 10. <laughs> we'll close at 1. <laughs> so, Chris, I'll call you. 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. is board meeting. I'm like, wow. <laughs> that thing is not easy. Hello, Good evening. Good evening. All right. Big challenge in my life. Not just not going through. So let me go to my data skin segment and let's find out how it's all about strategic thinking. Comfort, take it away. Well, the data skin segment is premised on the fact that statistical data organized and presented in the right context improves understanding, reduces uncertainty, and facilitates accurate prediction of outcomes. Therefore, today our statistics focuses on strategic thinking. A Forbes magazine shows that you become 90% more productive by spending 10% of your time thinking strategically. Multiple studies have shown that strategic leaders are most effective. A Robert Half um, survey put strategic thinking as the fourth most desirable quality in leaders. However, another Forbes magazine says that less than 10% of leaders exhibit strategic leadership. A Harvard Harvard Business Review article by Nina Bowman suggests four ways to improve strategic thinking. One, observe and seek trends. Two, ask tough questions three speak and sound strategic four make time for thinking and embrace conflict therefore our concluding thoughts for today will take it from san chu who says that strategy without tactics is the slowest route to victory while tactics without strategy is noise it's before true. defeat. <laughs> Charlie, how so true? <laughs> Tell me which which part of this 
segment and Danny, did, did you enjoy the most? I actually enjoyed the snippets from, from comfort because that's really <laughs> bringing things alive, you know. Uh, the, the tough questions part. Because, you know, you have to have a process to strategy and tactics is just when your best assumptions aren't working and you are on the route. You've got to get some tactics to get over it. Have you failed before? Because Have you failed before? I, I have I have failed before, you know. Um, uh, I, I'm not sure whether in personal life or in uh, in business. But in business, the thing I failed, which was to transform GPR to you into a modern transport. You, you, you tried? I tried. I tried with the resources of Standard Bank or Stambic Bank, uh, working with GPR to you over three years. Because I realized that if we could just get GPR to you to move away from 10-year vehicles, from very poorly run uh, termi uh, terminals, uh, to, you know, managing their flows Please. properly, we, we would transform this country. And uh, so we went on a big bank. And I'm sure... Ghanaians will recollect uh, all these brand new Nissan Irvans with uh, Stambik. Yeah. yeah, so that was a big dream with GPR to you. What went wrong? Repayment? Uh, the, yes, they let us down. <laughs> so that, <laughs> so was, that was a real big dream that I, I thought you would transform Ghana. And I actually did get a letter of commendation from the late Baredu when he okay. saw it and asked us and we explained to him what we were trying to achieve. Okay. However, we had, we had partners who still had a lot of learning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me bring on board the president of the Ghana Institute of Bankers, Patricia Sapo, a big friend of Springboard. Good evening, Patricia. <laughs> My phone lines have been extremely unfriendly. It's part of the execution that is not going right, but these are great people who are on the line all, from all over the world trying to hang out. Today. Let's give it a try again. Patricia is such a huge, big friend and partner of this project over the years. Patricia, good evening. Hello, good evening, Albert. Hello, good evening. Merry Christmas. Good evening, Albert. How are you? We'll let that go for today. So, let me come to our next is our, our Game Changer segment. When I said at the introduction that armed with a Formula One Ferrari um, as against an Okada in the Christmas traffic at Abubushi, you could end up being totally disadvantaged. You sounded funny, but Juju is back from his trip and he will tell us why Charlie depending on the car that you you are driving you could have serious problems instead of having an advantage in the game of life Juju what do you have for us for today so uh, a few months ago I actually parked at a gas station next to a gorgeous red Ferrari you know I was trying to crane my neck and see the owner but there was nobody inside and so I went inside the gas station, paid for my snacks, and I went to start my car, and oh, there you know what? he was. Give me a, give me a fever. I, probably your microphone was off for, for the beginning. Start, start it off for me. Okay. Sorry about this. So I was saying that a few months ago, I actually parked at a gas station to get some snacks, and I was parked next to the most beautiful red Ferrari. And I was trying to, you know, crane my neck, see who was inside, but there was nobody around. So I went in, and I, you know, got my few snacks, and then I went to leave, and there he was. He walked out with such an air of supreme confidence and he sat down in the car. You know, when they say tin time, that was it. <laughs> and <laughs> he drove off. I, I actually drove off first, but he zoomed past me and he gave me a little wave. And I was like, Ajay, you know, he passed me and it kind of pained me. But unfortunately for him, I caught up to him at the exit. 
You see, the exit had a steep ramp and it forced him to slow down to a crawl. Now, that steep slope allowed me to pass him. And guess what? I gave him a little wave of my own. (laughs) And once I was done laughing about the experience, I realized something really interesting. The same features that allowed the Ferrari to zoom past me were the exact ones that held it back at the ramp. Ferraris are designed for speed. So, you know, they're aerodynamic, they're low to the ground, they have a low center of gravity. But on the flat road to the exit, he took full advantage of that and powered past me with ease. But once he reached the ramp, that same slick silhouette meant that he had to slow down a bit to avoid damaging his car. This week, our game changer is suitability. Now, each of us has unique strengths and character traits, just like you said, Mr. Andani, that make us naturally gifted at certain activities and certain professions. And to maximize our potential, we need to align those strengths with the career paths that we choose to walk. So today, I would like to leave you with a quote that is often misattributed to Albert Einstein. Everyone is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. So this week, let us consider how we can align our strengths with the goals we really want to achieve in 2020. This has been The Game Changer with Jojo Okren. Have a phenomenal week. Let me give you and the first, first choice to respond to this one, The Game Changer segment. It's a segment that we use to talk about things that can just change the game plan for you on the road of life. What do you think of this one? The thing that has changed the game plan, I think what uh, it, context. Right. Context is make use of the context in which you are. That's really, really the the the, the, opportunity. the, the That's opportunity. The, the, that's what you have. The context. Never miss the context. Right. Otherwise, you are dreaming. Right. So in a, in another environment, somebody may have an advantage, but when, when they come to your home grounds. Yes. You're the champion there. All right, I'm going to come back to you to wrap up for us for today. But let me bring you the thoughts of um, Nashiri Drisu, Holland Life. He says, Chief Andani epitomizes inspiration. He's a pathfinder and a real career guide for many of us. Chief, we appreciate you, we adore you, and we love you. Keep inspiring and impacting. God bless you. Do you find that a cadre of leaders from the northern part of the country especially look up to you for for inspiration and for guidance i, I know you have you have uh, mentees from all over the country but because we travel a lot up north um, in springboard i know the peculiar situation i'm describing that many of them will tend to look up to you and say if you did it i can do it yes i think and and, and it's because they're taking the, the t- or they took the journey that they're taking on the journey that I took. Right. They can easily relate. And and it can sometimes when you have a kid of such, you know, very brilliant leaders looking up to you, it can only it, it can only focus your mind. Does it put pressure on you? It, well I wouldn't say pressure. It, it's it brings the best out of you. It's to say I'm not in this alone. I'm in this with a whole lot. So you cannot just do things the way you like it. You have to think of the collective whose aspirations you uh, you represent. Right. You represent broader aspirations than your own personal aspirations. Right. Talking about representing a whole community and not just yourself, my findings are that at the point of the beginning of your journey, the leadership of the bank was predominantly expatriate. And in, the, in your journey as a CEO, you've managed to turn it around and given many Ghanaians an opportunity to lead at the very highest level. And your bank, in the group, 
is now the pathfinder in the group. Tell me about that part, Chris. I think it's about the, the whole thing is about self-belief and believing others and giving others opportunity. So when I got into Standard Bank uh, Ghana, apart from our finance head, who was uh, Victor Yeboamino, who was uh, everybody else in, in, in on that executive committee uh, were foreign. Now, today as we speak, the entire executive committee is Ghanaian. Can I, can I clap for that one? <laughs> <laughs> and they're not just ordinary. They are the exceptional leaders of the Standard Bank Group. Exceptional leaders of the Standard Bank Group. So this this people can operate in any of our 20 uh, countries in various respects. And, for example, uh, you were trying to... Alex, we set up as an asset management company. Um, uh, got, him, got Alex into start the asset management company. Now he runs Stanley. Stanley probably is now the second best asset management company in Ghana. He operates outside of the Standard Bank Group. So it's just about believing people. And I would say that, for me, the challenge of a leader is to manage people who are more clever than you are. Your closing thoughts on Danny after an hour of this very inspiring discussion. Well, my closing thoughts is that, you know, an hour comes very quickly. (laughs) 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 But just to say, you know, um, set out to do what is right. And, and, And always think about the collective. Always say that I'm going to make a difference. There is something unique about you that when you are not there, people will miss it. And God wants you to bring that alive. So every one of us must bring that uniqueness in us alive. And it's not just for you, but it's for the collective. Well, from those who are the connoisseurs observing you, you've built a phenomenal institution that is a leader um, and, 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 and a pathfinder in your industry. And we just celebrate your leadership and Danny. And we must do this again. You know we haven't finished. We haven't finished. Yes, so let's do this again. Well, let me say a big good evening to Dan Saki, CEO of Ecobank. Daniel Kasati, Rita Abachaga, Tarasqua, Ethel Adama, the whole squad at Ecobank. Merry Christmas to you all. And we thank God for your lives. Coming up next is the Christmas story. And Pastor Ransford will be interviewing Reverend Duff Kujudra on the true Christmas story. Next week, we bring you the final edition of Springboard, your virtual university for the year. Next year is going to be absolutely phenomenal as we talk about preparing for the future. We'll talk about career. We'll talk about building, climbing the property ladder. We will talk about, about health and we'll talk about finances. These are the four pillars of our discussions for next year. Every week we'll pick one of them. Listen, if you plan to do anything in the year 2020, devote one hour every Sunday evening for Springboard, your virtual university, preparing for the future. And guess what? Anyone has to prepare for the future, even when you're about to, re- about to retire. We'll talk about retirement planning big time next year as part of our discussion about career transfers. And, and I want to say a big thank you to you for making time for us. We know you're a very busy person, but thank you for joining us on a Sunday evening. And let's do this again. All right. So... My name is Albert Okran, and on behalf of Comfort, Matthew, Priscilla, Amos, Emmanuel, and Jojo, I want to say a big thank you to you for joining us. Thank you to Alex Asiedu, CEO of Stanley. You tried joining us, but the technology failed us. But then, and a big good evening to Patricia Sapo, once a springboarder, always a springboarder. And good evening to Irene, Alex's wife, and to the whole family. I want to say a big thank you to you all. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Good night. <laughs>